Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. Come and speak to us this morning. Give us ears to hear and open hearts to receive what you want to say to us this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Peter started last week. He did a far better job than I'm going to do today. But we're going to talk, we're talking at the moment about the values that we have as a church and why we have those, those values. Um, Peter gave his little testimony about what his church experience was. Let me tell you mine. Um, I was not brought up in a Christian family, but I did go to Sunday school. Um, and uh, every month we had to go to the main church. And that, to me, was... It was one hour, but it felt like three. Um, I, I, was, I was sitting on a, on a plane recently. It was a three-hour flight. And it reminded me of what it, what it used to be like when I was, a, I don't know, 12, 13 years old. I'm six foot two. The seats in the plane were designed for somebody five foot two. So you'd be all right there, Pam. But Neil and I... You know, we'd be like this. I was sitting in the middle. I, I was tired, but I couldn't sleep. I didn't have. A, I couldn't read anything. I just had to sit there for two hours. It was boring, and that was my experience of of the church when I was when I was a youngster. There was no life of the spirit. When I was born again, I came into a sense of of knowing that God knew me that the Spirit had been poured out and was poured out on me and in me and for me. And worship became something incredible and a joy. I, so, whereas I used to think one hour seemed like three, three hours seemed like one in the presence of God. And I used to, in fact, I wrote it on my testimony, I would have walked barefoot to go to church because I wanted to worship Jesus, and I'm still the same. I don't want to ever lose that. So that's my sense. And, but that is the difference between having the Spirit poured out, and that's what I want to talk about today. The, um, uh, I've, I've been looking at the uh, at Pentecost and I thought, well, you know, there's bound to be an Old Testament reason for Pentecost. Uh, so I looked it up. And sure enough, there is an Old Testament version of Pentecost. And it's, it, it blew me away. Pentecost means 50, 50 days. And the, in, the, in the Old Testament... After the people of God had left Egypt, they went, they had those incredible miracles. They went out through the, they were chased out after, you know, the blood had been put around the door. They went out through the, 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 the sea into the desert. And then uh, Moses went up to the mountain and came down with the Ten Commandments. And the Old Testament Pentecost is 50 days from 
um, the Passover, 50 days from when they left. That's how they celebrate it. Now, whether it was 50 days, I'm not sure. But that's, the, that's what they celebrate. It's 50 days from the Passover. And then uh, and Moses going up, bringing the, the Ten Commandments down. So that's the bringing of the word, if you like. And then, of course, the Pentecost that, that we have in the New Testament is 50 days from the crucifixion. And you see these parallels always in, in the Bible. And it is the pouring out of the Spirit. So, as Peter said last week, we have 100% of the Word and we have 100% of the Spirit. It's not 50-50. They come together. It's just like Christ. He's, he's 100% man, but he's 100% God. How does that work? So that, I don't know if that interests you, but that kind of blew me away to, to find that, that kind of revelation that God had a plan in these things uh, to start with. Because there was, um, in, the, in the Old Testament, what God kept showing me this week is, as, as you remember, uh, if you've read that story, it's, it's in Exodus uh, I'm not going to, to show it, but um, they went out. Moses was up on the, on the mountain, and there was billowing smoke. It was an awesome experience, and the voice of God spoke, and they were afraid, and they didn't want, they didn't want this. The, the Jews were like, no, we, this is too much for us. We don't want this. And uh, Moses comes down and he finds that they've already started worshipping something else. They've, they've like, we need to worship something, so let's make a golden calf. And he gets very angry about it. There's a, what I want to, want to convey today is that it has always been about worship. Because when they were in, the, uh, in Egypt... Moses went to Pharaoh and said, uh, God says, let my people go. Let my people go. He kept saying that. And he said it because he wanted them to leave and go and worship outside of slavery. And that's exactly what we are called to do. So we see this parallel in the New Testament we are called to leave our worship of idols and come to worship Jesus, the Lamb of God. That's why we, well, Neil um, said to me, should we, do worship, uh, should we do communion? And I was like, should I do communion? I was toying with it and was like, yes, definitely, because that is what it's about. It reminds us of the Lamb of God, the Passover and then the crucifixion and the resurrection, but also the ascension, the presence of God. So the reason why Pentecost came was because Jesus died, he rose again, and he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father so that we can have the helper that we need, the Holy Spirit. And that is what came 
He came at Pentecost to, to fill our hearts, to give us that strength, so that we may no longer be afraid when we hear God's voice, but we rejoice. What I want to encourage you about is when God comes, something happens. You can't say, you know, like my experience of, of a very old traditional church was, nothing happened apart from I got even more bored. Church should be a place where God, he produces miracles for us. And we worship him and that somehow he just cannot resist our worship. He doesn't need our worship. I think it was, uh, Marion was talking about this in the prayer meeting a couple of weeks ago. She's good. God doesn't need our worship. The, the worship is already going on in heaven. But this morning we just joined in that worship that is going on in heaven. And we are caught up into that, I hope. So even last week when the tech went wrong, we had to press in. We had nothing else to rely on. Steve and Charlotte's voices were a bit croaky. I didn't notice it apart from the first note. But it's for us all to press in, to worship, because that is what we have been called to do. Not to just be obedient, but to worship. We are worshippers. And that's what I found so wonderful when I was born again. I was filled with the Spirit of God that allowed me to have a relationship. I wasn't afraid of a booming voice. I had the voice inside me because I was filled with the Holy Spirit. So um, if you just want to bring up that uh, Jeremiah quote. So Moses went up the, the mountain and brought down the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone. That's the old covenant. This is the new covenant This is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Even even in the Old Testament, when the people of God were called out from from Egypt, God declared... You are my chosen people. You are my priests. And we see that again reflected in the New Testament. But it's a different relationship. We are chosen as a people. We are chosen individually. The Jews were just chosen as a, as a people. But we have to now make that choice. The whole world is is able to make that choice. That's the difference between the Old and the the New Testament. Uh, I just had this... I'll share this picture for what it's worth. If, If you don't understand the sort of New and the Old Testament, the Old Testament is like... If you... I walk the dog at night, and I walk with my daughter very often, and sometimes the it's very dark... 
and you go out here, wow, it's very dark, you know, maybe even the, there are no clouds, but it's dark, just the stars. And there are other times when the moon is out, and you can see your shadows. It's that bright. But it's a reflection of the sun on the moon. But sometimes if the cloud covers it, you don't know the moon's there. And sometimes I think that is what it's a bit like with the Old Testament. You see a little picture of Christ in the Old Testament, but it's, it's, it's vague at times. It's like the moon. Sometimes it kind of covers it and you can't see that. But then when Christ comes, it's like the sun. You know, even if the clouds came over now and it was very, you know, a thick cloud, we'd still know that it was daylight because the, the sun is out. That's what the New Testament is like. I hope that makes some sense to you. And I, I just wanted to say that what church is, is, is a place where we encounter God. We often pray in our prayer meetings, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else. We say, Lord, please come down. Please come to it and be at our meeting. And, and I really I feel I need to slap myself because, do you know what? He is already here. He's here every... He's more faithful to come here than every... Because he doesn't leave. He's here when the cleaner is here. He's here when Tot Zone is here. He's here every day of the week. I'll give you a silly little story. Um, you know that... Um, oh no, I'll, I'll just tell it this way. Um, I, I need, we need... We needed a new office chair in our house. And uh, it was just a sort of casual thing. And Leslie had... She goes through the peak advertiser. Does everybody get the peak advertiser? It's an excellent... Um, free newspaper, if you're not aware of what it is. Anyway, she was going through the ads, and she saw an ad that said, uh, office chair for sale, as new, um, th- £300, yours for 30 uh, yours for 90 So she, she gave it to me and said, look, there you are, why don't you contact them? Anyway, this was like five days after the the paper had come out. So normally you ring up and they go, no, it went three days ago, or they don't even bother answering because they're so bored with it. Anyway, I spoke to this lady and she said, oh no, you're the first person to ring. So we chatted about it. Anyway, when I, when I sign off on, on uh, telephone calls, I say, God bless you, or bless you. Anyway, I said, God bless you to this, to this lady. And as I'm putting... I didn't put the phone down because you don't do that these days. As I was pressing the red button, I heard her going, and I couldn't hear, but I was like, nothing. Anyway, she then rang me back a couple of days later and said, I've taken some photographs and I'll send them to you. Uh, But when you signed off last time, you said, God bless. What what do you mean by that? So I said, oh, I'm a Christian and uh, it's just a, a greeting. She said, oh, well, I'm a Christian. What, what church do you go to? So I said, Old Church in the Peak. She said, oh, well, I, we go to Steep Turnpike. I said, well, you know our building then. So she said, yes. She said, the moment we come into the building, we sense something is different in this place. It's something special 
And I thought, well, that is the presence of God. She knew that that's what it is. It's the presence of God. That is such a high value for us as a church. It is the presence of God. We saw the presence of God in the Old Testament. It was scary. It was smoke. It was a booming voice. In the New Testament, we see it also quite, you know, in in Acts, tongues of fire. People worshipping in in tongues, in different languages. Something was going on. People thought they were drunk. Something was going on. It was the presence of God. That's what we, we expect in church, as Church in the Peak. We expect when we pray that God will come and meet people. He will speak to people. Not with a booming voice, like in the Old Testament, but with a still, small voice and touch people's hearts and change people. We also expect God to come and perform miracles. We expect him to do things extraordinary. Extraordinary. Things that are against his nature, uh, the nature that he has created, let's put it that way. So that's why the the, the parting of the Red Sea is a man, is a fantastic miracle because you can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. But when God says, you know, part the water and walk through, then it happens. And I want to encourage you all to expect miracles because God is here. He is with us. And we kind of we just join in the worship of heaven on a, on a Sunday morning, whether the tech is working or not, whether we're here, whether we're in India, wherever we are, whether we're in our car, we can tap in to the worship that is going on in heaven. There is something special about a corporate coming together of, in worship. We are all, as it says in, in the New Testament, in Peter, living stones. I talked a few weeks ago about um, the, what was it, the spirit level and building. We are stones that he is building in to his temple, into his church. You cannot be uh, a stone left on the side not built into the church. I'm going to be very uncompromising about that. You can't. You must be part of the building. You may find that you are a little bit a corner top left on a wall and you might feel insignificant. But without that little stone at the top, the roof might leak. Your presence... Your lack of presence in church will be missed because God has made you a living stone to put you in that right place to hold the whole building together. People might fill that gap, but there is still a place for you uh, in his building. 
Um, I guess that's pretty well all I want to say. I just want to encourage you. Just have that sense that when we come to worship, we come to worship in his presence. He comes here. He is here with us. And that is a holy moment. It is a wonderful thing. But it is not, as I often say, is not a bouncy castle. We don't come. We'd like to have fun. We have jokes. God's got a sense of humor. But equally, we take it seriously. There is a holiness about his presence that changes us. So I want to convey that sense of, yes, we can have fun. But there is also that sense of the holiness because the Holy Spirit has come uh, to us. Should we just stand and... I, I, wrote this, I wrote this down. Without his presence, we just have a religious club. It's nice but not the light on the hill to society. It's not the gateway to heaven. It's not the witness of the goodness and mercy of God in the whole earth. Not the place for those who need physical and spiritual healing. Not the place where the lonely find a home. Not the place where those who need forgiveness find rest for their tortured souls. We have the presence of God. So with, with that, in him, the darkness is, ch- is chased away. Heaven comes down and touches his creation. Grace and mercy can be found in the community of God. And the lame walk and the blind see. And broken people can find freedom because of his spirit. Because of the work of Christ. So, Lord, we just, we just pray, Lord God. We don't want to be a religious club. I don't think we are. But never let us be complacent, Lord. Lord, we want to be the light on the hill. We want to be the truth that speaks to sin. We want to be the people who have joy where there is misery. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, come. Touch each one of us, Lord. Make our hearts filled with your presence, Lord. May we be like the Pentecost church, Lord. We want to see miracles. Does everybody want to see miracles? Yes, Lord. We want to see miracles. We are hungry for you, Lord God. We want to be that light on the hill, Lord, as a church. Come, Lord. (laughs) Come, Lord. Come and fall on us, Lord. Lord, we want tongues of fire, Lord, again. We want to be a people of God, the priesthood of God, Lord. Father. (laughs) Come, Lord.
fall afresh on us, Lord, as a people. Help us to be the, the church that you have want us to be, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for that we can join in and worship with you, Lord God. Lord, we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.